Hey everyone, welcome to the Wallet Podcast. I'm James Marshall and thanks for tuning in to another episode. As always, this episode is brought to you by Pure Sport CBD and if you're keen to try out this product or they've just launched some new products as well, if you're keen to go try any of that out, head over to wallet.com and all the information is at the bottom of that website. But let's crack on to this one because today's guest, I have potentially one of the funniest lads to ever lace up the boots. One of the real characters in the game with a hell of a journey along the way. He's played for the New Zealand under-20s, Auckland, the Blues, Taranaki, the Waratahs, the Chiefs, and he's currently forced his way to the top to become an all-black. Along with that, he is absolutely one of the greatest lads in the game. It is the great Angus Tavel. Welcome, Gus. Mm. Thank you. Jimmy, mate, I've, it's been a while. I've, I've seen all these podcasts. Season one's gone and done. Season two's <laughs> popped up, and I just get a, a late text like you're scraping the barrel. And, and I'm, the, I'm the bottom of the barrel, mate. What's, what's going on? Mate, I'm pretty sure you left me on double ticks for about three weeks. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, he's hard to get. <laughs> yeah, you see that? Oh. Get that one, mate. <laughs> But to be Swipe fair, left. you're on you're on a podcast every second week. I listened to about six of yours today. But man, you always deliver, don't you? Oh yeah, I've probably been on a few. So I don't know if you get many likes on this one, bro. But I'll uh, I'll try my best, mate. You always deliver. That's one thing you've done throughout your career, and I'm looking forward to you doing it here. But this isn't the best podcast or the funniest podcast, at least. <laughs> This season, I'll eat my hat, and this is a nice hat. So <laughs> that's it. You've put a lot of a lot of pressure. I wouldn't say I'm like real funny. Like I don't. I'm not a jokes guy. And to be fair, I'm probably not a big story guy. Like I I'm not good at telling stories. But what I can do is I probably talk a lot of a lot of you know a lot of trash, and I just try and read the room. So sorry <laughs> to people who may be expecting this to be some Dave Chappelle stand up. Um, I don't know. If that's what you'll get. But hopefully there'll be a, a couple lulls along the way. <laughs> Oh, surely. I've actually seen you, like, control a room so well with humour. <laughs> oh, you're a little bit like Dave Chappelle, to be fair. Yeah, we need a crowd, bro. Let's get a crowd, I reckon. <laughs> a crowd, yeah. Do you prefer a crowd? Oh, it depends. I, I reckon when you get, a, like, a first laugh and yeah. then you just start feeling it, you start rolling. Yeah. crowd's always good. you got to know the, know the crowd. That's it. And you took the crowd by the horns in the weekend. Talk to me about that. Was that planned? You took the mic off Mills? Surely that was planned. Uh, there was a sort of a little bit of a joke about it. And then they're like, do it. And I was like, my sweet. And I, you know, Damien's a, he's a great, he's a great guy sitting next to him in our, in our locker room. And obviously we always have, have a bit of a, a laugh and a bit of fun, but I see him, you know, it's the classic Jimmy, you know about this, you know, the classic yeah. rugby one. I was like, yeah, um, you know, the boys, you know, they're, it's a really great comeback. And, um, you know, <laughs> I played well and my name's Damien. <laughs> and I just said, you know, I just wanted to try and lighten up the mood and come in and, you know, and mix it up a bit. So tri- bring Damien out, you know, the person that I see in the change yeah. room. Oh, I want everyone to see him, you know. He's, he's one of a kind, that kid, you know. Couldn't agree with you more. Oh, I love your work. But did, did Sky know that you were going to go grab that? No. Nah. Oh, they, I mean, I... I I was joking about it just before with Kirsty and Mills. Oh, I don't know how ha- how happy Mills was, but uh, <laughs> it was a bit awkward. I took it. <laughs> I just took it and I stood on the way, and then he was like, <laughs> "Exit here." So, um, oh, you know, just have a bit of. You, you can't be too serious, eh? Oh, You'll have a, have a bit of fun and a good win too from you boys. That you needed that, mm. really, didn't you? Oh, mate, did we? What? It's, I think. It's about eleven games. I think we were tied with the Highlanders for the worst worst record in Super Rugby. Really? And yeah, although do you count Super Rugby out at all? It's probably like one of the toughest competitions. And yeah, like every week is relentless, man. Like you, you can't, you know, you 
like we lost to the Highlanders first round. Then next week we got Crusaders, and um, it was just sort of like a we took me in a monkey, the old monkey off the back. And afterwards we, we had a new team song, um, which you know I, I had a little bit, I had a little oh, bit to do with. You and, on uh, the sex, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Our old team song used to be like a like a. Oh, when the Chiefs come marching in. And I was thinking, I was kind of coming. <laughs> you know, a little bit of jazz it up. But um, but like, sorry, tangent. But going back to um, our team song, you know, oh, the mana and the white oil in that, in that team room after 11 losses and being oh, able to sing the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. So there's no sex involved. Nah, no sex, but hey, leave the door open. Yeah. If you come in, neck strap, <laughs> wet the whistle. It'd be too niggly for away trips, eh? especially if you're losing 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. You don't want to rock up with a sex, you lose, and then you, then you bloody rocked up with you know, your bag. You're like, oh, just tuck that back away. I'll put it back on the bus, you know? So um could be a, maybe a little uh, a home job, but. To be fair, I've, I've been pretty slack with my sex. I'm, I'm not going to lie. The missus rented it for me, and and to be fair, over lockdown, unreal. Yeah, learn a few a few songs, you know, careless whisper and and that sort of vibe. But once lockdown finished and my injury was coming back, I I took it back to the rental place. And um, True. the sex is at the moment is no more. But I keep saying I need a I need to get back into it. You would have at least written the lyric. Yeah. Well. Um, <laughs> We, you know, we had just had a, a visit from 660 and they had performed oh, their new sure. song, All She Wrote. And just in, inspired by that, you know, Anton Leonard Brown came to me and was like, bro, I think we need to, you know, switch up our team song and mm. and change it up. So sort of based the tune off All She Wrote and uh, put, yeah, put a little bit of, bit of flavor in there. You know, I've, I've been in team songs where it's real like cheesy, like, Rock and Maul and don't know when I like chance crucial, but yeah. mate, the, the the melting mixing pot, you know, the fruit salad that the Chiefs are. Yeah, I thought of you know I haven't I haven't been in too many teams where you know the language is, is changed, so we've got a little bit of the the, the dockers, the usos, you know, the manas, nice. the fano, you know, so just uh, representing who we are, you know, oh. we're a pretty eclectic mix. It's oh. part of us, mate. You know, good word too. Mm. Nice. One thing I do admire about you is that you've got the ability to just be yourself in any situation, like whether it's on TV, whether it's in front of a crowd, whether whatever situation, and you, you're you always yourself. So were you always like that? Did you teach yourself that? Where did that come from? Ooh, I, suppose, yeah, I suppose I've always been, like a lot of people just call me the loud guy. Um, we call it a fog, foghorn, <laughs> all sorts of things. And um Probably like when I first came into the blues uh, as a young, you know, 21-year-old, um, you got all these, man, inspirational senior players that you've looked up to, Kevin Mielamu, Tony Woodcock. You sort of, you know, you're in your shell a bit and um, took me a little while to, to come out of that. And then, you know, there's times where people who don't really understand me, who like maybe who have never met me or not know me before working with me, that they'll sort of see who like how I act and, and um, how I like to have a laugh and, you know, take the piss a little bit and, and they'll try and probably put me into a box. Yeah. And, uh, as, as like, as I've grown older, I've, I've just realized that, man, that's like, it just ruins how I enjoy rugby and, and, and how I play. And, um, you know, I got to the stage where I was just like, you know, I'm just going to be me. Uh, that's how, that's when I play my best rugby. Um, 
when I'm having fun, I'm laughing and still probably like the biggest was like switching on and off in, uh, in training. Like sometimes when everything's going well, you know, I'll have a bit of a laugh. So that was, that's been a big learning, learning curve, but I just got to the point where I was like, if I'm not myself, I'm not going to be playing my best rugby. And, um, man, if you can have some laughs along the way and, and enjoy the ride, I mean, yeah, I, it's like the old round, was it the round peg and the square hole? Just, oh, doesn't work. That's a square. It doesn't fit, you know. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be you. You've got to be you. And it's and to be fair, it's getting better, like, around different teams. Like, a lot of coaches are now saying, you know, express yourself, be yourselves, and mm. that's, that's the way for everyone to be their best. So, I mean, everyone's a bit different. Some guys are a bit more serious, um, whereas I like to I like to enjoy. Like, I turned 31 uh, yesterday. Wow. Was it yesterday? Happy yeah, yesterday. And uh, and I'm <laughs> I'm probably I think the boys are surprised. They <laughs> I think they thought I was like 23 <laughs> or like because of the way I muck around. I don't know if I, if I ever want to grow up. To be fair, <laughs> are you ever uncomfortable in situations? You always seem to like no no matter how un- awkward or uncomfortable the situation is, you always seem to be yourself, be relaxed. Do you ever feel nervous or uncomfortable? Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. And there'll be times where I'm like, oh man, like. You know, like people will probably, you know, like be judging me and or like um, do something. And then I just think to myself, like, man, who cares? Like, yeah. just be you, just do you. Um, whether that's getting up and singing a you know, team song in front of the lads or we did a high note challenge, you know, it's just like, ugh, stuff it. Just like get up there, give it a crack. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I can't sing high, I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's definitely not just like I, I don't just get up there and it's easy as. Um mm. But once, like, yeah, once you hear the first laugh or, you know, something like that, it's it just, I just black out, bro. I just wake up after and I go, what just happened? <laughs> oh, so good, mate. You mentioned the sort of, like, obviously, like, the haters, the keyboard warriors. Oh, he should, he's a front row. He shouldn't be doing that sort of stuff. You know, those those guys who just break you. But do you ever, do you listen to that? Do you notice that feedback that you're getting on some things? There's always going to be people who are going to try oh, and knock down people yeah. for being themselves. So how do you handle that? Right. I don't think like you could be, I don't think anything you do, like there wouldn't be someone that's going to, yeah. going to hate on you. Like, you know, even the best players in the world, they like Sonny Bill, Dan Carter, they've got haters. Like, yeah. and sometimes I, I like to just look at the comments just to like have a laugh. Like, yeah, just to sort of, you know, sometimes you see things and, and people make comments and it's like, man, that's so far off the mark. But it's <laughs> funny that, that they see things like that. Like yeah. even sometimes like, you know, like if I'm doing sex or if I, I'll jump on the, like when I was injured doing sky stuff, it's like, oh man, you know, you, you should be training. You guys are losing. It's like, bro, like we train so hard. We train like long hours. We literally, it's not even physically and mentally possible to train every second of the day. Some of, yeah, some of those things I just laugh at. And it's probably taken a while. Like, I remember back when I was younger, um, you know, probably more the performance side, you get all the keyboard warriors and you, you know, you're on there replying like, oh, you don't know anything. And um, it's probably, well, we just got to the point where, you know, you just back what you're doing and uh, the people that are important. But um, it is funny to see some comments on there. It's, I'm not going to lie. I just have a laugh. Well, that's cool that you can look at that and just laugh because you've obviously got thick skin. <laughs> yeah, skinnies. My skin folds <laughs> uh, high. Um, but I, oh, Say that to yeah, the nutritionist. Sh- it's, yeah. it's just thick that's skin what I, that's from keyboard it's, warriors. It's thick skin. I'm, I'm blaming it on them. Um, 
but yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's, it has taken time to to get used to it. And as I've gotten older, and probably like I was saying before, just being comfortable with who I am and and what I do, and yeah, like the people that are important to me, you know, that's those are the those are the comments that matter. But I suppose it just shows, like, you know, people out there, um, although they're keyboard warriors, you know, they care about something. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's 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 their, you know, that's their the way how they express their care for. You know, they obviously want to be like, say, for our our example, you know, we lost eleven on the trot. They want us, you know, to win, and and the sport we're in, bro, you know, it's it's based on on winnings and. Um, being the best out there so uh yeah sort of two-way street work 24 7 that'll do it <laughs> yes i should be in the gym right now bro i should have done this in my garage gym while i'm doing squats hip thrusts and planks okay <laughs> oh i love it so anyway let's go back to the start for gus you sort of talked about yourself always being sort of the clown what else were you like growing up um i was uh like I was real chubby when I was young. I think I was, I went to um, Dilworth when I was 11 years old and it was like Dilworth's like a, a full-time boarding school and man, like I, I big mama's boy. So I cried um, like a lot of, a lot of the start of like the first couple of weeks after that, it was sweet, but um, I was chubby You know, I had these geeky glasses and <laughs> um, which is probably, probably why, you know, I got a little bit of thick skin back then just, my brother was the was the worst. Um, oh, lips! What a legend! Yeah. <laughs> lips, love lips. Lips, <laughs> lips. Well, it's funny, you know. I was as I was younger, and he would. Uh, he, well, he, I don't know if he was ever really bigger than me, yeah. but um, you know, he he was just a menace, like honestly. And then as it's gone, now I am up here looking down <laughs> at him, and and he's just he's just a little bum boy now. So. Um, the tides have changed. Uh, but yeah, like it's just talking about like being a young kid, like I, when I was at Dilworth, I couldn't play rugby because I think the weight limit was under 85s. Oh, really? And I think I, I was thinking, you know, 11, 11, 12 years old, I was like tipping in 112 kgs. So uh, <laughs> I'll, yeah, it was out. I, the, sp- <laughs> the sport I could play was either uh, soccer or hockey. And I always, I don't know, I think growing up, it was just, you never wanted to play soccer. So I played hockey, big D. Yeah big defensive lockdown and just whoops, just cracking D shots. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, and then so, yeah, same when I got to high school, I couldn't play. It was either first 15 or, um, or nothing. So I went and played club rugby. And then just as I got older, fourth form, first 15 and um, started going up a bit taller and just, yeah, I suppose at, at Dilworth, man, it was, uh, it was funny because you're just with your, your best mates 24 seven, you know, you, get up and train and go to school uh, after school you're just chilling with the boys and um you know first of being training at night so just being around all you know like a, a all from different backgrounds and then that sort of thing and uh being able to have a laugh uh sometimes it's like a balance because when you're like with a lot of people all the time you know you can be sweet but there's times where you just yeah just, just break up but um yeah, it was man. I I loved growing up. It was um, you know, rugby was fun. We'd always have bacon and eggs uh, at school on the Saturday, and a big Milo banana Milo milkshake, and um, just good times, bro. So when would rugby become a like? When did it become serious for you? Oh, I think I think just growing up like like the quarter pounders after when I was young was a big reward after my game. Yeah, always go to Macca's Macca's after and get and get a quarter pounder, and that was like probably the start of my love for rugby. <laughs> um, it's probably more the quarter pounder than the rugby. And then just yeah, growing up and 
you make a, a Bill McLaren sort of side at 12. Uh, this is, I didn't even play rugby that year. This is my hockey year. I made the Bill McLaren um, <laughs> just because I was a, I was a big bay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, sort of like Auckland under 15s and 16s. And from there, you know, once you're in the system in Auckland, it's, it's like you got your foot in the door. So I was lucky because Dilworth was a B grade. So people who don't know, like Auckland rugby has like an A grade, which is, uh, you know, at the moment it was like your St. Kent's, your, your Auckland grammar, your Kings, and then you've got your B grade, which we were there for, uh, you know, my, my whole schooling. So it was real tough to crack into that system. Yeah. And there were, man, there were some talented players that never got through, like more talented than me, that <sighs> because they didn't get recognized, <laughs> good players. <laughs> so because they didn't get recognized, bro, like, you know, they, they never got a crack. So, yeah. um, I was lucky in in some sort of ways to to get my foot in the door and step by step, mate. And my first mm. memory of you, I remember watching New Zealand under twenties over in Argentina. Obviously, my brother was playing, so I was getting up watching those games. And I remember seeing this really mobile, big prop around the field. He's everywhere, and then it just sort of became a dream of mine to play with you one day. And uh, the rest was history. Oh, yeah, Tojo, good man. Um, that's I've, I never knew that you know we've we've known each other a little while and uh, you've never told me that so in this podcast mate we're we're learning off each other you this know? is what happens yeah but I, yeah I, I suppose like uh, I've always I was this real chubby um, kid and then I sort of grew up and went in a little bit I think and um, like mobility and and getting around the field is always you know, my point of difference and and what I wanted to do and sort of separate myself from. A normal prop so yeah was, i suppose yeah that 20s was a was a was an awesome time over in argentina and sort of was a springboard going into auckland and then and then the blues so then how did you go how did you make the auckland squad for after the um new zealand 20s what what was that process uh so cowboy um mark anscom was our 20s coach and then he was the auckland coach and um that was 2010 and then it was i didn't make the initial squad um but it was sort of just like you know coming and train and then there's a few injuries and, and that sort of thing. And then uh, eventually, uh, you know, Cowboy was sort of like, you're going to get a crack. And yeah, debuted in 2010 uh, against Taranaki at Eden Ooh. Park. Um, came off the bench, impacted, um, yeah. which is which has been a lot of my career, to be to be fair. And then from there, yeah, the Blues came calling and uh, signed a wider a wider squad contract, which back then, man, like I... I see what what like you know wider squads and drafts are now. It's it's come a long way, which is which is awesome. Back then it was pretty much like grateful pay, great opportunity, and, and you weren't allowed to play unless there was. I think it was like two injuries in your position. Yeah. Um. So it's man, it's like the what to see the growth and and the game and and how players can come in and you know get a decent wicket as a young kid and and have a chance to play Super Rugby, is pretty awesome. But um, like growing up in in Auckland, uh, always an Auckland boy was was. It was definitely a dream come true to to pull on the blue and white hoops, uh, and then yeah, debut for the Blues two years later in 2012. Did anyone take you under your wing as you went through those teams? Uh, it was when I first got to Auckland. Uh, Johnny Afol was sort of um, cruising in and out, so it was yeah. awesome. Like you know, this here's this All Black and this legend, and and you know, got to play with him down in a Shield Challenge down in Southland, and and just to see you know these like sort of when you're growing up these like you know like godlike people and now you're interacting with them and getting to have a beer with them and and having a dance and you know freestyling and oh man it was it was it was bloody awesome and then obviously he was in blues the next year and 
um, got into there and uh, yeah, it was. I mean, there were some great, great players. We we sort of we had a little group. It was me, um, Gareth Anscombe, and Sean Pole, and we had come into Auckland system together and then signed um, with the Blues together. So like we we almost we were just a little three amigos that just hung on to each other and, and just navigated our way probably more more so. And then the big move down to Taranaki, how did that come about? And why did that come about? I think, yeah, I mean, it was, I was Auckland from 2010 to 2014 and mm. had always had, like, really good um, prop stocks. Um, so it was big on, like, rotating props and, um, yeah, and, and that sort of thing. And being at the Blues in Auckland, like, we ch- sort of trained at the same facilities. Um, everything was, like, same, sim- similar people, um, you know, similar game plans. And it just sort of felt like... Uh, you know, although I love to play there, it was probably time for a change and to get out of my comfort zone and um, sort of went to the agent to look at, uh, you know, a couple of options. I sort of still wanted to be in the top, you know, in the premiership and some teams that, that you know, that were that had a solid sort of vibe and uh, probably came down to the Hawks Bay in Taranaki. And, uh, mate, I heard there was some, you know, some inspirational, hard-running, <laughs> big-time leader, Big time player coming, you know, coming out of out of Nelson and uh, and named Jimmy Marshall, and then um, other, you know, other guys, Marty McKenzie, my, my little mate Jamison Gibson Park was down there. Mm-hmm. Charlie Arto was heading up. It just uh, just made sense, and I'd never been to Taranaki or, or New Plymouth, and, and didn't know too much about them to be fair. Um, but it's probably one of the best moves I've ever made in terms of my career. And I look back at my tenure there and. Man, like it's definitely like a second home. Oh, I, I, people out there should should go to Taranaki. Like, 100%. It, every everything you need is there's you know there's the beaches, there's the Monga, which is. Brody oh, 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 used to like read that. a lot of cues off that mountain. Oh, there, there was so many messages that came down <laughs> from that mountain, and James Broadhurst was one of the best at reading them. But I mean, like, just to be able to wake up and you know where we trained at Yarrow's was like. You could see the mountain and yeah. um, the people down there were awesome. And I suppose, like you know, you would know as as the group, a lot of us probably went from that region. Um, but the way it was, like, we, man, we got around each other, eh? We, I mean, we had dinner nights. We had movie club. <laughs> TMC. <laughs> <laughs> TMC. And, uh, you know, it was just like a just a big change because, you know, in Auckland, it's such a big city. Um, you know, you probably you connect with the boys, but – after training, man, you've got traffic to deal with. You've yeah. got, you know, boys got to go out south, north shore, out west, like everywhere. Whereas the Naki, like, what is traffic? You know, it's like yeah. five minutes is pretty much everywhere. Ten minutes, you're starting to question things. Um, <laughs> and it was just so, like, so easy just to get around the boys. So, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, the culture down there and, um, you know, Papa Coops took a chance on me down there and, oh, Oh, 2014, what a year, on. you know? Yeah, so you obviously made mm. an instant impact on the field. You pretty much carried that side to their first victory <laughs> in a very long time, and maybe ever, and, oh, what a season <laughs> from you. Player of the year, maybe team man oh. as well. You did it all. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I got t- uh, player of the year. I think I was. Uh, oh. there were some inspirational players. You definitely got uh, team man you. because I usually start yeah. getting up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, the amount of times I got that award at the team, I was, I was going to retire, put my name, you know, take my name out of the hat. Um, that's, I think that's the only award I, I do win. Uh, 
Um, my missus will probably hit me. I always use that joke, um, but it's but it's not even a joke. It's oh, I'm sick of it. But uh, mate, um, go down there and you know, hey, Taranaki. I don't think they'd ever won the the premiership, you know, before I'd gone down there. So, but I mean, just that that whole year was was unreal. Like to to play with you know, like your, the likes of yourself and all those other guys I mentioned, and um, you know, you see guys like Waisake coming up, uh, Seta Tamanivalu. And just the whole vibe, uh, getting a home final, yeah. uh, fans rushing the field. Like, I was just grabbing the, the beers from the, yeah, like, wow, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been, I think I've, I've been to, like, two finals and two semis in, in, in Auckland in, like, four years, and we'd, you know, lost them. So, yeah. um, it was, like, my first year down in the Naki, you know, in the amber and black. And, I mean, what was it, Canterbury, like, eight years in a row or something like that? Yeah. So uh how good to go to like a rural sort of place uh you know new plymouth and the and and the necky and um just ride that wave ride that wave to the cup it was a it was a beautiful year it was a eh? the buzz or i just remember the buzz from the whole community leading up to that was just next level away eh? and even that semi-final against auckland mm. the crowd mm. oh well i think they, they were chucking the seagulls were there eating the free bread they were chucking out like it was <laughs> the buzz 30 the ball was like he was up and down with his steam we had they have the, the bro on the flag like it was just everything you could ask for you know i think that well, it's almost that semi-final crowd was better than the final crowd i don't yeah, i don't know what was, it was, was but next level, eh? but one thing you did like, do because there's one key moment in that season which i thought he may have earned himself Team Man of the Year award. It was when Chris Smiley gave a very inspirational speech of six more weeks. Do, do you remember that one? <laughs> I, have not, I haven't even thought of that until like in a long time now that you've said that, but I do remember our celebrations afterwards. I think that was a big part of the chant, wasn't it? Six more weeks, six more weeks. And... Right, and we got there. Well, I think it was maybe it was a bit more, but I don't, I don't know. It was he's oh smiley, what oh, a lad! Great. Another another one of my favourite moments at um, Taranaki was I think we're watching a preseason game. You were looking to buy a house. You were hot on the property. You were, <laughs> you were right on edge. And you, I you. <laughs> bro. What do you remember? So yeah, oh, so we, we it was a preseason game, and um, I think our Super Boys we weren't playing. It was all the young bucks, and I just I just gone and, and looked at this house in uh, in Papatoi, uh, I think it was, and not right, really nice house, good area, um, and you know I had I had my max amount, and I was I was on the phone. I I left the stands and I was on the phone to the agent and like bidding through him. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, go up, go up. Okay, go up. And finally, he's like, oh, mate, uh, it's gone above. And I was like, all right, I've, I've probably already pushed the boat out here. I'll, I'll just have to turn it in. So gutted as like, you know, like this uh, this house that I've, I've looked into and fallen a bit in love with. And I'm, you know, I'm just totally gutted. And then I get this phone call, no call or idea. I was like, oh, that's weird. I was like, oh, I'll just I'll answer it anyway. And yeah, yeah g'day. It's uh, Angus here. It's like, yeah. Hey mate, it's uh, it's well, I don't know what the name was. It's like yeah, it's um, the Graham, the real estate from the house. You got the house. I'm like, and my mind was just like racing. I'm like, I'm thinking like, but he just told me I lost it. Like, what the heck is going on? And then I look up in the stands, and there, you, there you are, bloody giggling away. Heart rate probably like 180. 
And that's when <laughs> so, I that's when I seen all these I see all these other prank calls, I go, Oh, this guy. You know that he's good. <laughs> he's I good. Just I'm just happy you... mine with it. <laughs> I remember you seeing seeing you pace up and down the field. I was like, What's he on? And uh Jamo was like, Oh, he's trying to get a house. I was like, Oh he's like, You should call him. I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's pretty sad, but <laughs> Oh, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was part of the the connections down there, bro. You know, oh. we we had a we had a good old laugh, but that oh, that that blew my mind because I thought I was like I was giving a I think I was giving a few of these ones, you know, <laughs> ripping the old chainsaw, and then and then my heart just sunk again because you you just you're just puppeteering out there. Just I'm just like this, bro. Just getting puppeted by you. Plainly. It wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. <laughs> Oh, but so how many years did you do at um, Taranaki before you had to do the big move over to the Waratahs? I think it was just 14, 15. Yeah. Two years. And then uh, at the end of that season, I went to the to the Waratahs. So um, what, was the re- what was the reason behind that? Because I remember sort of talking to you about sort of no contracts. We were even discussing league at the time. <laughs> you still never landed on your back in a carrying union. So you would have been a great league player, 80-minute forward, ball play. Never lands on his back. Quick play the balls anyway. But you chose mm. Union and you went to the Waratahs. So talk to talk to me about that decision. Yeah, well, I think you know I was looking at the Blues um, and Charlie Farmawina was there. So it was always, you know, I had a couple of years of one whole year on the bench, the other year of you know sort of like battling out. But it was always you know Chaz was he's an All Black, uh, you know, great player. So I just thought like opportunities, and then uh, out of nowhere the Waratahs. Uh, came and, and approached me and I sort of just took a you know good good long long look at at, at what what the options were and uh, you know I was 25 at the time uh, like I'd never been to an all-black camp or anything like that and uh, I just thought man I've, I feel like I've done everything I can here I had a couple of good years up you know I thought I played some good good footy over over two years and you know thought maybe I'd knock on the door but through my mum being eligible uh, for the for the wallabies it was sort of like you know, what if I stayed here, but what if I didn't didn't go and have a crack over there? I feel like I've had a good crack here. Yeah. I'm not getting any younger. Um, and here's an awesome opportunity to, to again, I suppose, get out of my comfort zone. I had it, you know, it worked really well going, going down to the Naki. So, yeah, I made the call to, to go to the Waratahs with the, you know, full intentions of, of trying to make the Wallabies. That was in 2016. Yeah, did you discuss it with them before you left, or did you did you tell them you were going to go, or did you just sort of think, nah, this is my opportunity now? Yeah, no, like I, I never talked to, like, yeah, Steve Hansen was the coach then, never had a conversation on the phone. Uh, I talked to um, Michael Checker, you know, I got, um, he got my number through the Waratahs and, and had a yarn to him, and so, yeah, it was never confirmed with them a go. It was sort of just like, Man, I've had a I've had a crack here. Maybe it's time to to head a, head overseas and and give give the old Aussie Aussie a try. What did Checker say? Oh, he was you know, he was sort of just like I'm, you know I can't guarantee anything, but um, you know there's some big opportunities over here, and um, he had coached at the at the Waratahs the the years prior. Yeah. So it was you know he was sort of just like Waratahs are a good club, and you know just come over here, mate, work hard, put your hand up, um, we'll go from there. So. I mean, just to, yeah, just to talk to him was, um, you know, was was reassuring, and for them to come and you know offer and 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 want me to come over there was was definitely a big pull. 
Yeah. So what actually happened? Because I, when you left, I was like dead set. You'll you'll walk straight into that Aussie team. You're you're too good of a player not to be playing for the Wallabies in the next one or two years. So what actually happened? Yes, I went over there. Um, I had an awesome preseason, long preseason. It was six weeks uh, before Christmas, and oh, and forty degree heat. Um, I had my blonde streaks going through, uh, but like lifestyle was awesome. And then got into the season. Started the first few games, and then um, our scrum was like sort of up and down. Um, I went to um, Samoa to go to my grandmother's funeral and came back, um, and then they gave this young guy a chance. And to be fair, you know, he, he went really well. So I was sort of on the bench under him. But like, I mean, I, yeah, I went to a couple Wallaby camps and got a, you know, got a look into their whole mantra and everything and ended up being after Super that they took uh, Tom Robinson, which was the young guy, and yeah, I, I was just chilling. I went and played NRC and broke my leg. So, um, it, it, yeah, it was, I don't know. It, I definitely felt like I, I had a lot to offer and um, it probably just didn't work out. But I mean, it's one of those weird things. Like I, I feel like over the last few years, there's just been this crazy sort of, you know, these things happening for a reason. And mm-hmm. um, like, you know, I, I managed to actually, you know, fast forward a few years, you know, become an All Black. So, um, in a weird sort of way, like it, you know, it worked out for the best. So you broke your leg, and then what happened from there? You broke your leg. Yeah, so I, I broke my leg at the end of 2016 in, in yeah. the NRC, um, playing for the Sydney Rays, and um, and then I missed half of the next season. And uh, Sekopi Kipu had come back from France, Bordeaux, I think a couple of years earlier. So he was back in the mix as well, um, played the rest of that season, and then... Um, Daryl Gibson said, uh, yeah, mate, we don't have a contract for you next year. So, yeah, so it was just this, I don't know, it just happened real quick, you know, like I still felt like that second half of the year, apart from maybe the first game, get rid of the rust and the dust, I felt like, man, I was playing some good footy, um, getting back to where I knew I I could be, and then, yeah, you just get hit with this bombshell, like, we don't have a contract for you. And then it was just uh, not, not, not necessarily panic mode, but it was... Um, it was just this first time in my life where I'd gone from just signing two-year deals and, you know, like yeah. it all happening and it, and it coming, you know, there's always a next contract to now far out. I don't actually, I don't actually have anything guaranteed for next year. I don't, I don't have a super rugby gig. I didn't even have a, a Mitre 10 gig or, or anything like that. And um, like we had had our son in, in Sydney, uh, Leo, and <clears throat> he was born with a genetic disorder. So, a lot of like complex, like the first two weeks of his life was in ICU uh, in Ramwick Children's Hospital. And then we were on the wards for three months. Wow. And yeah, so going overseas was like, it was definitely not an option. Um, so I knew like, I, I still believed in myself. Uh, and I knew that I still had a lot of rugby. Like I'm only, what was I, 27 at the time, feeling like I'm really coming into my own and, and getting things right, right with my body. Uh, and and all that sort of jazz and so it was the call was just to come back to to New Zealand and and my old mate Colin Cooper and Taranaki uh, reached out and said definitely keen to fit you in however we can and yeah so I came back there Coops moved on to the Chiefs as head coach in 2018 and uh, still didn't have a um, a Super Rugby contract uh, like I think there were still spots around the country. And I, I felt like I'd just come off a pretty good Mitre 10 season in 2017. Uh, we'd gone right to the death. I think we 
we might have lost to Tasman in the semi or something like that, but we were finished on top and you know our scrum was really strong that year around the around the field felt really good. And I think there were still spots around New Zealand, but um for some reason I was I don't know, it must have been taboo or, or something because no one wanted to no one wanted to pick me up. So um, you know, Coops was you know, he was pretty straightforward. He said, mate, if nothing pops up, I've got a, a replacement a gig for you, which is, you know, just covering the all black boys while they're on um all black leave. Uh, so it was for I think it was for Nepal Laulala. And then yeah, I was, I was next thing had a really good preseason like the the fittest I've ever been, um, yeah. feeling really strong, feeling really good. And then it just led into into the season. There were a couple of injuries. Um, I think Kane Haynes was still dealing with concussion things at the time. And Mitch Graham, who had broken his leg, was still dealing with, with problems with, with that. You know, eventually had to, both of them eventually had to retire. And then ne- next thing I'm playing against the Crusaders in round one. And uh, I think the next very next game, Nepal broke his arm. And Crazy, yeah. yeah. I, I, I ended up starting the rest of the season at, at tight head. I had my other mate, my other replacement mate, Carl Tuindagoafi at loose head. Yeah. And I think we had like some of the best scrum stats in the competition that year. So, um, oh man, it was, it was just a crazy, crazy ride. But like I said, like I always, I always believed that I still had some good rugby to give, you know, I just needed an opportunity and, and, and a place that, you know, was, was, was willing to give me that and welcome me in. So, yeah, the Chiefs and, and Colin Cooper were that were that lifeline. What a gamble from Coops and geez, that paid off. I suppose that it's a gamble for him, but like he, you know, what the beauty of 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 him is, is he had worked with me, so he knew. Yeah. He knew what I could give. He knew what I could offer. So for him, you know, the game, the odds are, are pretty, you know, pretty good, mate. Yeah. <laughs> he's a pretty smart in his favour. He's he's a smart man. Eh? He's, he's better smart. than Swanner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't you don't want tips from Marty McKenzie. Um, <laughs> So yeah, for him, like you know, I, I suppose I got got a good relationship with Coops, and um, you know, even even he told me when he first started working with me, he wasn't hundred percent sure he had heard things about me. But after after working with him and, and having those few years in the NACI, you know, he backed me, and he like he pretty much did everything he could to to keep me around, which was which was awesome. And then yep. yeah, end of the year, boom. What was the doubts that everyone had? Is it scrum time? Because obviously everything else I see from you around the field is. Oh, world class. And so it's obviously don't know the nitty gritty of scrum time, but is that, is that the downfall? Yeah. Or? I mean, I, th- I think yeah. like early, early doors, uh, you know, in the earlier days, there were definitely questions um, about scrummaging. And I, I sort of feel once you get um, tagged with that, it's easy for people like, yeah. Oh, you know, that's that guy. He can't scrum or, you know, that guy, he's can't tackle, but um, as if there's no way to grow from that and, and get yeah. better at it. Um, and, you know, I was like, like I was saying, I got to the point where uh, Taranaki, our scrum, we were, you know, getting penalties. We were strong, minor ten cup level. Yeah. Then that chief season, we had one of the best scrums in the competition. Uh, so it's definitely like it's always been a work on for me, uh, being a tall sort of guy, and I've had back problems and all that and, and all that sort of thing. So uh, it was about consistently scrummaging well because there'd be times where I'd scrum really well, and then there'd be times where I'd be <laughs> I'd be backing up the old. Backing up the truck and and you know eating some grass. So um, yeah, it took a lot of work, but I, I sort of you know found out that uh, you know once you you can be labelled with some something, it spreads pretty quickly. Like there were calls that I was when I was younger that I was arrogant and um, you know all, all the stuff, but it was just like people didn't know me. Like I'm loud, yeah, but I like to have a laugh. But 
man, like I, I couldn't be further from the truth. Like people saying I'm, I was like, yeah, arrogant and greedy and like didn't look out for people. And I'm just like, yeah. like just hearing the stuff. I'm like, bro, like do you even know who I am? Like I, I have genuine care for the people I, I work with and, and, you know, like go to war with and, and all that sort of stuff and the people around the building and the people in the background that, you know, the staff in the back that do work that, you know, not many people acknowledge or see. Like, I, I really appreciate this stuff. And these people are saying this stuff. And I'm just like, it just, it's just going to be farther from the truth. But because they've said it, they'll tell they'll tell someone else. And then they're like, oh, that's that's who he is. Yeah. And then I'll come in and be myself, you know, loud and bubbly. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, true. Yeah, arrogant. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this I've, I've had like battles like that um, from my whole career. And that's probably like what we are talking about earlier with being uh, confident and comfortable in your own skin yeah. uh, and being yourself like that those were those sort of questions where i was like man do i now have to act as someone else to please these people yeah like as a young as a young kid that's what i'm thinking because if they don't if they don't think i'm a hard worker or or, or they think i'm arrogant like i'm not gonna get picked again yeah. so you know you had to like change and then you just get to the point where it's like nah like that's that's not me like these that, people don't know who I am. Yeah, and that's why so many guys are like that. That's why they don't like to say how it is. They always like to say in interviews and stuff. Mm. Oh, there was the boys. It was that. You know, because as soon as yeah. you go off, off the normal, you, you're labelled like arrogant or yeah. he's not humble. Yeah, and no, it's. I mean, it's the, and I think it's like you see it now. Guys are uh, really expressing themselves out there. Like you know, Nani's doing his his like Showtime um, celebrations and that yeah. and. You know, like, I suppose we're always taught as Kiwis to growing up, like, I'll be humble, just get back to halfway and, and celebrate. But, man, like, I look at, like, you think about NBA, NFL, and just how much excitement and, and uh, you know, big plays they make. And sometimes they probably hot dog and go too far. But yeah, yeah. I definitely I definitely feel like there's a way to just to show who you are and, and express yourself. Like, we work so hard to achieve these things and you know it might be like a, a move that we've done to perfect and and the winger scores and it's like we've yeah. we've worked hard to get to that point so why not celebrate that you know why not have a in that moment just enjoy it and and just be yourself um so I, I definitely think there's like yeah there's there's big growth there i feel like in new zealand and man it probably goes to the fans like i've i've been to usa sports and it's yeah. probably just how we are as new zealanders you know we are we we are we do like to be you know very humble in that. But if you go to a sporting event, like let's get some chance going, like you yeah. know, let's get some real good energy. And so you want to go to games, you know, like I think that's that's a big thing at the moment. People just sit at home, like oh, I can grab a cheap box of beers and sit in my lounge and and watch the game, all good. Yeah. But like I just feel like we can have an atmosphere at a game where it's like I need to I need to be there. Like I need to I'm buying into this team. I love what they do there. I'm gonna get my my face paint. I'm gonna get my chant ready. Um, you know. Um, so I definitely feel like there's a lot of growth in that area. 100%. That was a big tangent, though. That was a big tangent. <laughs> oh, I love tangents because they're quality. And then, but 2018 was it? That was a massive year because you just made the Chiefs. You had no contract. You made the Chiefs, and then by the end of the year, you're now your dream of be, being an All Black. So how was that? How was it being called into that? Yeah, I suppose like into Super Rugby, I felt like I had you know my best year of Super Rugby ever, like playing 80s, scrummaging really well, doing everything around the field um, really well. And then sort of that Rugby Championship squad gets announced and I don't make it. And I'm sort of just like, well, 
maybe you know maybe i'm just never going to be an all black yeah. which is sweet but i've given it some really good cracks so i went to the naki and um just like let it go just you know didn't didn't even worry about it and played three games for the naki uh well, two played two games and then as i was having a shower getting ready to to go to the airport uh, to play counties up in um Pukekohe, swanee old marty was was coming to pick me up and got out of the shower and then I, you know, I looked at my phone and there's this missed call and a text like, Oh, this is, um, this is Shandy, the All Blacks manager. Call me back when you can. And I, and I looked at the number. I was like, man, like the, you know, the, the plus six or I don't even know what it is down South, yeah. but I was like, uh, the boys aren't smart enough to prank me. Jimmy's surely Jimmy's <laughs> not going out of his way to prank me using a Christchurch number. Um, oh, I will. So I was like, I was, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've seen, I've seen the links you've gone to. So I thought, ah, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a call back. And um, sure enough, he's like, yeah, it's uh, Darren Shand here. Uh, I'm about to make you a day, and I like, I'm just getting goosebumps, like right now. I'm um, just it. thinking about it, and it was just like far out like this whole journey i've been on and uh, giving up that dream and trying to chase another dream and not not achieving that dream and then not having a contract and having my son born with a genetic disorder and coming back to new zealand without without any guarantees and just this whirlwind of a, of a journey to to now being called into this you know what every new zealand rugby player aspires to to be picked for and um he said you know he goes you're going to be an all black and uh <laughs> I honestly, like, I was just like, my mind was just this washing machine of emotions. Like, I was like, I just, I straight up told him, I was like, I don't know whether to laugh or to cry. Um, yeah. Because I, like, I'm just, I was almost, I don't know, I, you know, I, I couldn't even think. And uh, and I just said, all right, cheers, mate. Uh, you know, and he's like, yep. So you'll fly up to Auckland, you'll play counties and come in on this. And he's like, just, yeah, play like an all black. So I was like, all right, after that. The missus was the first person I called and, uh, you know, I was sort of like, babe, and then tears started straight away, like yeah. crying, like, uh, couldn't, couldn't get it out for a good couple minutes. And she was like panicking, like, are you, what's going on? Are you breaking up with me? Like, are you <laughs> like, what, like, what, what not? And I was like, no, no, that's good. It's good news. It's good news. It's like, what is it? What is it? It's like, oh, I've just been called into the All Blacks, like <laughs> crying hard out, like by myself, beautiful views of Taranaki, you know, the ocean oh. and that. So it's, it was majestic. It was a majestic moment, and and um, and then well, you know we were both in tears and and just like what the hell? And called my mom, and she was like, no, no, you're lying. No, stop joking. And I was honestly, just, I started to almost like get angry because I was like, mom, I just need you to celebrate with me right now. Like I, I just need you to be happy and like everything I've you know we've dreamt for and worked for is, is finally happening. I just want you to be happy with me. Um, the and then I Yeah, I'm like almost like I was like, Mom, I'm freaking being legit. Um and then I called my brother and like oh, he made Lips. this yeah, I've said it before, Lips and he's he made this I think he was driving somewhere and he made this sound that I, I, I can't even reenact it, but it was this it was like a oh, oh like this real like <laughs> like even for him, you know, the, all this burst of emotion of of all you know what had happened and now his bro you know is, is living living his dream and achieving what you know he's always been working towards so that was a freaking whirlwind man and then obviously went up and played counties and um you know in the back of your head you're like i gotta play hard here but you're always like just don't get injured you know so yeah um played that game and then headed to camp the next day and debuted i think 
maybe three three or four weeks later sure. against Argentina. Argentina, yeah, that's right. Mm. How was that? How yeah. was it leading up to that? Once you got named and the whole build up to that that game. Oh yeah, it was it was cool. Um, so like you, you know, you, you'd usually do all your lineouts and uh, Oe and Offer. They were the you know they were the tight heads at the time and. Uh, pretty much all the weeks leading up to that, they were they were doing all the reps. I was just like the the extra guy, like, "Yo, do you need anything?" Or you know, like just yeah. the, the the side piece. And then finally, we get to Argentina, and Mike Cron comes up to me. He's like, "Gus, make sure you uh, make sure you get some reps in." And I'm thinking like, "Oh, I have I haven't been told this before." Like, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll go in and have a little jam." And then um, yeah, the team got named. Um, I think it was on Thursday. And the changing room, and yeah, sure enough, number eighteen, Angus Tarvel, and I'm just like, <sighs> like just again, just flooded with all this emotion. Like now, I get a, like an opportunity to actually pull on the jersey um, and play for New Zealand. And then after training, it was all about calling the missus, calling the family, and then because we're in Argentina, and it's there like a day ahead. It was this like manic rush of whether they could, you know, who could come in and watch. And um, yeah. my cousin, who's pretty much like a, a brother to us, Rupert, his his missus, Sophie, worked for New Zealand, or works for New Zealand. Yeah. So she managed to, like, flights were ridiculous. So she managed to hustle some, like, 50% off flights and get them on within, like, within a day. True. So it was Rupert, Sophie, my brother, um, and my my partner at the time, now my wife, my, my lovely wife, um, Kristen. <laughs> And um, they came over to Argentina. We met up like the night before for a feed, and then um, just running out with my jersey on, the lights, uh, hearing my family singing the national anthem. I was, I think, I was next to Carl to Nukuafe, and I, I was honestly like cracking up. Like I was laughing while I was singing the national anthem because I'm just like, what the heck, like what is like what is this moment right now like i'm i'm 28 years old i'm about to debut for the all blacks this dream that i've always wanted and i'm standing here with, with, with these guys these bunch of legends singing the national anthem in argentina about to do it the haka and it was just like it was like a, almost a similar moment like i want i was laughing but I, I, like tears were coming it was just like a just this realization of far out, like it's, it's it's about to it's about to be real. Um, so it was a man. It was a crazy way to sort of finish, you know, finish that that year and and debut. Um, I think I got like thirty minutes, which was yeah. pretty, you know, like usually I suppose as props you sub a bit earlier. So um, to get thirty minutes against RG and oh, I think I was just ripping into everything, you know. What were you like on the yeah. bench? What were you like waiting for your moment? Were you always confident that you could compete at that level? I suppose there's always not not questions, but it's like, you know, like you just keep reassuring yourself, like you're you know you you're picked for a reason, you're here for a reason, and we had a really good week of training, and and all that had gone really well, so the confidence, uh, and that was there, and um, once I got on and got onto my first scrum and and around the park, it was, it's just like you just boom boom, like you know you just you know your role, you just start doing. Um, mm. And I suppose the way that the ABs are set up is, you know, everything's done for you to, to really perform at your best. And, um, you know, if you don't, it's because you're not doing something. So roles were really clear and then you don't have to think about it. You know, you just go out there and do. Um, 
but it was, yeah, I suppose after that, it was just elation and um, to see the family afterwards. And we had just secured the rugby championship. So, you know, had a little um, confetti falling down and, uh, yeah, just like, I suppose just being, yeah, with guys you've, you know, you looked up to, like Sonny Bill when I was younger and um, all these awesome blokes. Um, and, and you you know, you're now an All Black. Uh, you know, you've, you've got your number and you're a part of this, man, this awesome, awesome group. Crazy. Oh, love that journey. It's going to have to be some movie one day, I reckon. That would be, that would be some. That would <laughs> the be kick. <laughs> Forget the, the kick. kick on. <laughs> The gas, yeah, the kick on. I love it. TMC will be there. <laughs> but, but let's fast forward it to the Rugby World Cup. Oh, how did the selection go for Rugby World Cup? When when did you know that you were going to be involved with that? And then talk to me about the Rugby World Cup in general. So literally only only found out like when everyone else did. Um, like well, watch the announcement. It might have been one of the like one of the first announcements I've sat down with my family and and watched, like hoping to be in that team. Yeah. Like all the times before, it's just like I wouldn't even tune into it, you know. So this is the first one where we're like, oh, we'll get together and we'll watch this, and and hopefully, you know, I'm in there. And um, we're all at home, family were, were there, um, and then, you know, the name, you know, Angus Tarval pops up, and it was just this because you, you never know, like literally, you, you know, you don't know. You sort of think I've done everything I can. I've, I've had a good year, um, but you know, are they going to take this guy? Are they going to they're going to go this sort of way or, you know, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. So once my name was, was called out, you know, uh, family was, you know, a few, few chair who's, few chair who's going on. And, um, I think we popped some bubbly and, and got around each other. And, uh, and then from there it was just prepping like, um, Gilly, Nick Gill, the, the trainer had some freaking hard, you know, some hard sessions, um, just making sure we're, we're physically ready for, for the World Cup and, and building into it. And uh, being in Auckland, I was training with like Ufa and, and Paddy Tuips and, uh, and just the lead-up was exciting. Like, you know, that's obviously World Cup's the pinnacle pinnacle of, of, of world rugby. And, and, and if you, you know, want to play for the All Blacks at a World Cup, is that, you know, that's the greatest honour you can, you know, winning it, obviously. Um, so, we, you know, we get to Japan and, oh, mate, I... I just had a blast day. Um, the country's such a beautiful place. They, the way they did the whole World Cup was awesome. I uh, was talking to a big guzzler um, about it, and, and he sort of said the last World Cup, you could just walk around the streets and you could you almost didn't know there was a Rugby World Cup on. Whereas in Japan, there was just just the, the hype of it. There were signs everywhere. There was mascots. There was, you know, just the buzz around the city was, was awesome. And I think they really embraced the whole tournament. And I played like every game at the World Cup, yeah. and every time I ran out, I just had a massive smile on my face. They, they got, got these drums going, and you look at the crowd, and it's packed, and just the the whole vibe of it. And you've you got this World Cup jersey on, and you're representing the All Blacks at a at a freaking World Cup, man. Like it's just like it was just almost like it wasn't real, like it was some big dream I was going to wake up after. But I'd always have a big smile running out, and you know you get to do your haka. And then uh, just after they play that song, it's like that. Da, 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 down, down, down. So whenever I hear that song, it always just reminds me of like that was just before kickoff, you know, always yeah. remind me of the World Cup. So, to, yeah, to play in those games and um, 
experience you know we're lucky enough to you get you get your day off and experience uh, different parts of japan and try some really cool things and i suppose just yeah just those opportunities eh? it was just like i said like i look back at it my family came over and um you know like being put in this place where you'd probably never be otherwise and uh it was just a great opportunity um obviously didn't didn't work out how new zealand or or, or we wanted it to to finish but um man it was it was such a great experience eh? and uh great great bunch of lads like had such a great time yeah and talk to me about that semi-final i remember seeing your family after that game all very down very gutted for you but that game was just something that i didn't expect personally and talk to me about that semi-final oh like you know we had played ireland the week before um and man like that was a like the boys were on fire just everything we had we had work work to do all our plans were were you know being nailed and coming to fruition and, and felt really good we had a great training week leading up into england and then it sort of just you came out there and you know they probably played the game of their tournament uh guys were just on fire they were relentless um yeah. you know and and probably early on that you know they sort of they just showed that they were there to play and um i think you know sort of looked at some film after and they showed pictures early you know to sort of spook us but the pictures that we had initially talked about were there later in the game but maybe because of you know that what had happened and and you know, yeah, what they were showing, it's sort of, um, we missed a couple opportunities. So it was just like an empty feeling after that game. Like you didn't feel, you know, we just felt like we were on this, this such, this this path we were building. We had sort of been a bit rocky building into it, but each game we had gotten better and better and we were nailing our, our preparation and, and and nailing our plans and, and all that sort of thing. And the buzz in the team was, was awesome. So you just sort of get to the end of this game. And even when we're playing, it's like, man, just keep fighting. Like, we can come back from this. We can win this game. And then the final whistle blows, and you're just like, like man, like, that's it. Mm. That's all this work we've done to this point. Um, you know, all the all the people that have put in this, this hard work and all the preparation and, uh, you know, and people back home in New Zealand, people watching in the stands, and just like that, your your chance to win a World Cup's gone. So it was it was pretty empty, and you know we sort of went to the changing rooms after, and it was pretty quiet. Um, but then of course we you know you have to get up another week for for yeah. a third and fourth playoff. So it was sort of this weird mix of hurt and um, devastation, and just like just absolutely gutted to then have to you know all right we've got another job here. Mm. Um, we got to do this jersey, you know, justice by turning up and and prepping as well as we could for a game against Wales. So, um, finished off with that third and fourth playoff game and got to farewell some pretty special players, you know, from from the All Black jersey. Yeah, and it was an awesome game to end it. Eh? You guys, you guys were on fire that game. I remember even you after the game having the time to wave out to your fans, screaming from the crowd. I remember you vividly waving out to me up in that stand. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes, that was a that was a mess because oh, I didn't even know you were there, and I just said, "Hey, Labs, Labs, Gustus," and I was like, "Oh, like so." That was, I mean, that was cool when. Um, yeah, I mean, friendly faces, mate, you know, you just see guys like yourself there and, and even, oh, like you said, mate, the Japanese people, you know, so, like, so respectful um, 
and they they just loved like loved embracing that whole that whole tournament. So I was like to to have gone to a World Cup, unreal. Um, but like I reckon being in Japan, like that was that was special. And all my family have, have said that they've got that you know they want to go back after that. My missus even said like it wasn't in the top top ten sort of you know in terms of traveling around the world, and now it's right up there. So That's it's right. um to have it there was was pretty special. And what's the end of World Cup sort of session like? Obviously, it's pretty, uh, probably pretty tight-lipped with the old uh, social media and stuff. You've got to be pretty careful with what you're doing after a game. But is there much happen? Or is it pretty low-key? Uh, it's like the boys are, are allowed to let their hair down, you know. And um, I suppose the like, beautiful thing about Japan is is how different it is to back home. Like, you know, you can rock up to a, a karaoke place and, you know, there's <laughs> – you can you can drink, you can eat, you go to a yakaniku yakaniku spot. So, I think just after all that hard work and um, that build up to that tournament, and then you know, sort of the emotions dropping down, it was well, you know, this group is uh, you know will never be this exact group will never be together. There were some great All Blacks that were that were leaving, so it was a, it was an awesome time to explore a bit of J- Japan and um, you know taste the local brews. And oh. I think we went out on a boat one day and saw a bit of the harbour and. Um, yeah, I suppose it's just the like the final final way of of uh, saying farewell to everyone and yeah. just letting our hair down, um, which was which was cool. You know, you got to enjoy beers with some legends of the game and um, have a bit of a laugh and and you know see see a bit of a funnier side of everyone. So a lot of karaoke, not very good. There were some pretty flat um, singers out there, um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was awesome to actually just to, to tuck in and, and, and enjoy those, you know, that part of the Japanese culture. Mate, your karaoke would have been right on though, no doubt. Uh, yeah, just not the high stuff, you know, maybe a bit of Creed. Well, I just heard <laughs> the news today. That's all you get, a little, oh, a little bit little more. Tape. That is so good. <laughs> I thought I was listening to it. <laughs> and so it good. seems my life yes. is going to change. I close my eyes, begin to pray. Tears of joy stream down my face with arms wide open. <laughs> oh. Mate, the Japanese yes. people wouldn't have known what hit them when Creed arrived. Hi, arigatou gozaimasu. <laughs> oh, mate, they're all over those English songs, bro. They kill it. Yeah. I've seen right. someone doing a Lady Gaga rendition sounded better than Lady Gaga. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but couldn't speak a word, word of English. <laughs> well, legit, legit. Yeah. Crazy they just know how to sing those songs. Yeah. Oh, jeez. What a story. Man, I can't believe it. This is... Definitely got to be a blockbuster, no doubt. Can't wait to waddle ad media. How, how, how many, how many episodes have you done? <laughs> oh, oh, must be about 60, but wow. Oh, definitely top 60 there, no. <laughs> this is, this is if, if I could turn one podcast into a movie, this is it, no doubt. <laughs> oh, sure. Who would play you? Who would play you, though? Probably self played. You know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably. Um, you know what they can do with CGI. I'll have to be pretty. Like I, I don't feel like I have I aged much. I don't know. Maybe maybe looking back on those young days. Yeah, um, a bit. and then maybe like a rock sort of setup. I don't know. Probably get the yeah. rock in these. He's pretty HBO big time. Be a stunt double. Um, 
Mm, the mm. Uso. Crucial. Yeah, but you know, I might dabble in a little bit of side acting after oh. after code. Oh, wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, let's go to that. What is what is the plans after code? Uh, yeah, so I suppose like what I'd love to get into is, um, mate, it could be us. It could be us as uh, bringing bringing life to to rugby players. You know, in New Zealand, I feel like we we love to watch. Uh, the footy shows and and you know the Matty John shows and it really brings out the humor of, of players and uh, the characters of players and I just like being around team environments so many so many good characters in, in New Zealand rugby and yeah. um, whenever you see them on TV it's literally like that yeah rugby was the winner on the day and game of two halves and you know tough stuff but we'll be working yeah. and it's not 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 about you know the jokey side of of themselves so I'd love to get into that into that sort of part of, of um, you know, TV. And, and then I reckon a, a little radio show would be good. Eh? Just uh, being able to, you know, if there was one of your best mates and you're just talking about this, that, get to talk to people on the phone and, you know, punters calling up and then you, and listening to music um, would be awesome. Uh, so, you know, I've been doing a little bit of stuff with Sky and, and that sort of jazz and, you know, just seeing if I'm any good at it, uh, if I like it. And just trying to get my foot in the door, but hopefully, still a few more years of footy, yeah. And then maybe we'll move into that space. Well, you're obviously good at it. Do you like it? Yeah, it's it's pretty fun, but like, I, I, there's definitely a separation of the serious, like, really, you know, breaking down code and uh, analyticals and 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 all the and and all that sort of jazz. So yeah. I, I'd like to go the more fun way and and be able to take you know take the piss out of myself, but. Also, you know, bring out bring out players, characters, and and have a bit of a laugh with it. I reckon that would be pretty cool. Oh, that would go off. Whatever that show's called will be absolute hit worldwide. <laughs> so good, I can't wait to watch it. Well, anyway, as always, we've gone to our Instagram for some questions, and oh, characters come up with questions for characters. Have so they? We go. We've got so many for the big gas. This is one. How do you manage your injuries through twenty twenty? Uh, it was, I mean, it was a bit of a tough one, obviously just come off a world cup and, uh, you know, heading back into the chiefs and wanting to have a really good, uh, next season. And then I just had this freak, um, injury tearing my, my VMO, uh, which is like the, the inside part, get the, get the theories out, you know what I mean? So, and I'm, and that's the, that's the, the hurt leg. So it's taking a bit of work to still a bit of work to come back, but it's that muscle there. Looking very strong. Yeah, the VMO, the Vitreous Morsius Otapolis. Um, I've actually done that too, to be honest. Yeah. Have you actually? Yeah, yeah. Genuine. Bro, bro not, many, not many people have done that. Like they it's... said it's usually from a car crash. <laughs> well, I'm just, yeah, you're crashing into cars all weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, like, they thought it was a, a just a cork thigh for a month because, yeah. like, it's so rare. <laughs> and then it was still swollen after a month and I couldn't, like, run on it properly and it was sore to do everything. So, got a scan, torn. And then I suppose it was just like, you can try and rehab it, but you might miss the power yeah. or you have surgery. So I went down the surgery part and yeah, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was real clear on, on how long the you know recovery would be. And then COVID hit. So it sort of just worked out like I was just at home rehabbing and, um, you know, had good plans to come back. But the niggly thing was at the end of the year, it still wasn't quite right. So I had another surgery. Uh, at the, after might have 10, so just sort of playing through pain. Yeah. And then 
yeah, back back to the surgery, back to the rehab grind. So yeah. uh, always try to keep a, a real positive, um, you know, mindset about things. And, uh, you know, like these, these are the cards that I've been dealt. I can be a sook about it or I can sulk about it or, or I can, you know, try and find little ways to, you know, maybe take my mind off things. So, you know, I was getting into saxophone. Uh, I was trying some stuff with Sky Sports. So I took that as an opportunity to, do stuff outside of rugby and work on things. Yeah. That, that weren't that what I couldn't do on the field. So mm. have a look at what I could do off it. Um, and then, yeah, just keep on the, on the rehab grind and have little goals and tick boxes and, um, just to see progress and stuff is, is what I was, what I was going off. Geez, that's good advice. Oh, what a start <laughs> to the questions. Oh, I knew you'd have good answers. <laughs> okay. What's your Probably. best Bronco time? Uh, 4.58. Wow. Yeah. Fast. I don't, I, I don't know. If, yeah. I, I don't know. My, my, my best yo-yo is 19.4. My best Bronco is 4.58. So I don't know. what. Yeah. Not bad though. 128 kgs. I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. This one. Did you ever consider playing league? Wow. <laughs> nah. Hargraves. Nah. Not professionally. I would have liked to have played club or given it a crack. But, um, yeah, it's I'm too it's too far gone now. Did you ever think about it in your decision? Nah. That was never nah. really an option. Nah, never nah, never really crossed I don't even think they would have looked at me to be to be honest. So <laughs> you would have been good, I will tell you. It's not too late. Maybe I maybe I made the wrong call. <laughs> I should have listened to I should have listened to you, mate. What was I doing? Well, when you weren't, when you didn't make Aussie, I was thinking, man, he maybe should have. But then you come back and be an All Black. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> maybe he shouldn't have. Well done, touche. <laughs> he knew, he knew what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next question: How well can you see on the field without your glasses? Uh, like I can get by, but if there's any high balls uh, like that, <laughs> yours. <laughs> Not mine. That's what I'm calling. So I leave that to like Damien and those sort of guys. Yeah. <laughs> when they call short, you're like, oh. yeah. That's why if I drop the ball, I was like, oh, my bloody eyes. Millhouse. Oh. <laughs> wow. Big head, I suppose. Hey. Yeah, very similar. Dye my hair blue. Dye my hair blue. You right. <laughs> yeah, probably won't. <laughs> okay. Hardest player to scrum against. This is a good one. Ooh. Um Yeah, that's a toughie. Like moods are solid. Uh the beast M Tamawera had some good battles with him. Those guys are up there. But when I first came in, uh what you know, Tony Woodcock was always on the other side, so he was I never like really played against him, but he was he was strong. He was good. Okay. Okay. Here, this is more of a story. This is a good one from Michael Allardyce. Two K PS Four Swano versus Gus. Scrap. <laughs> Talk me through this big fight. Oh, this sounds like bro. a good dust up. So it wasn't really a fight. It was all open, open hand. So um, <laughs> oh, I like that though. So me and uh, we're in. I think we're in Aussie for the tens, and the boys, you know, we take the the PlayStation on on the go, and we're playing Two K Blacktop. So it was me and Swanee against. I can't remember, uh, Liam Polwood and someone else, maybe Alex Nankerville. And um, playing, Swan is my teammate here. 
and he just starts he just starts chirping away at me like you're trash what are you doing i'm carrying him like my back i've got scoliosis from how hard i'm carrying this guy i've got like 18 points out of 21 and he's got the nerve to come at me i was like bro and he was breaking me anyway hit the game winning shot splash we won he's still chirping away and i was like bro you're breaking me he comes over he just slaps me on the neck yeah. and i go nah bro don't bro don't don't do that and he's still talking i'm a little bit in the red here he's put me in the red i'll be honest yeah yeah because he's just because of all his chat like saying i'm trash it just didn't make sense and then <laughs> comes and slaps me again and this goes on bro like i give him so many chances and then I, i'm i get to the breaking point I was like bro slap me one more time and I, it was in other words i was like i'm gonna jack you up like he comes over all little, you know, and he whacks me on the head, bro. So I just get up and I just start unleashing these, <laughs> these massive like slaps on the back of his head, back of his neck. I think I might have low key concussed him, bro, because he was like a little bit like he was a little bit rattled. And then, I, <laughs> yeah, bro, get one of these ones going. And um, anyway, he leaves the room and he's messaging me like, bro freaking hate you like we're not we're not even mates anymore don't even don't ever talk to me again and then i seen him at breakfast the next morning and he just go up and like ah, sorry bro <laughs> and we're sweet oh, but, oh that's good stuff <laughs> i gave him warnings bro i gave him like at least six warnings he really so, tested that thick skin yeah yeah he did bro <laughs> finally just it oh. just so taut yeah. just exploded but you guys are all good now eh yeah, we're good. We're good. That's good. Okay, do you miss the Naki? And if you had the chance, would you play for the Naki again? Yeah, 100% miss the Naki. Uh, I mean, the only reason why I left uh, the Naki was for family. Um, and to me, family's number one. So, I mean, yeah, if there was maybe some some stage in the future where it all worked, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd happily pull on the Amber and Black again. I love playing for Auckland, um, but I also... Um, also love love the neck. I love getting away. I love the vibe down there. So, hundred percent. Mm, nice. How is Leo doing now? Because he's obviously a big reason why you're still in Auckland, staying stayed in Auckland. Yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, he's he's come a long way. Like I talked about uh, when he was, uh, you know, two weeks in ICU and three months in hospital. Um, you sort of look back at those times and be like, I don't know how how we did it. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, he's got a genetic disorder, uh, which is you know, it's pretty rare and. What that means for him is, you know, we're not 100% sure. Uh, like he has um, developmental delays. Uh, so he's four years old, but he's non-verbal. Um, you know, he's man, he has epilepsy, so seizures uh, only when he sleeps. So there's a few like little scary things that are, uh, you know, uh, real spanners in, in, in life. Um, but oh, yeah, just to, to see where he's come from to where he is now, like we've been going to hospital almost every week visiting you know, respiratory, renal, cardiac unit, like so many different units and slowly they've all been, you know, all been getting checked off. So, um, he's, he's out, oh man, he's, he's a little ball of, ball of life. He loves to talk, you know, he's, he's loud. He can't, he can't say words, but he's, he loves to let his, his voice be known and sing along to songs and, and all that sort of stuff. He's very similar to me. He's got a big head, <coughs> a big belly. And little skinny arms and legs. So um, <laughs> he's he's a he's a chip off the old block, some would say. Um, oh, he sounds like a lad. Yeah, yeah, he is. Loves smashes a feed. Loves a feed. Um, 
so oh, I, mean, I mean like you know it's it, it's not easy but um i suppose being in new zealand like is another big big reason you know while we've while we've, we're sort of sticking around a little bit and, and having our family around um so yeah i mean there's some great some really great resources here in new zealand that that are helping with you know sort of his development and that sort of stuff but I suppose it's just it's just up to our little mate and and where he gets to in life and 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 how that journey looks. It's it's just uh, you know for us to make sure he's well fed, make sure he's happy, and um, yeah, play his play his favorite tunes. Big country music guy. Is he? Oh. Uh, like the sex? Nah. Nah. Yeah, oh, maybe when I was hitting those. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, look at me, and then he'd be like, nah, get out of them. Mrs. definitely didn't like the sax. <laughs> There's no doubt this has got the most sound effects. This podcast has got the most sound effects. What? How are the sound effects? Yeah. Not bad, though. Oh, right on cue. Yeah, you're good. I'm never going to dance again. <laughs> but then sometimes we're like, <laughs> they're the ones. Oh, good stuff. Okay. Would you play for Samoa if the opportunity arose? Yeah, I suppose that's an interesting question because I'd have to play sevens. No, in like Olympic if, year. if they change, oh. I'm guessing it's if they change the eligibility. Like eligibility. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. Eh? I reckon uh, if players who have, you know, played a, a cap or, you know, some caps, an opportunity to give back to, you know, their, their another part of their heritage, I reckon that would be awesome, and a hundred percent would. I, I I definitely don't agree that sevens players are uh, are not eligible for fifteens teams. Yeah, I, I don't weird, I don't, I don't think that should count because not everyone like technically everyone could play sevens, but I I feel like sevens is a different sport to fifteens. So that's where that's one loophole I reckon that that shouldn't be. Gotta go. Shouldn't that be a thing. Me. Yeah, that cost me through my career. My one my two caps of sevens cost me. <laughs> I was now tarnished who, who, who as an all black. <laughs> all black sevens baby no oh, yeah who, who who did it take you away from no well i could have played for england but I, it was more the fact that i counted as a foreign player when i played over in england which oh, yeah. you know like as a you captain international mate. which well this is a dud captain international <laughs> oh he's capped yeah so i don't agree with that but i would play for someone to answer the original question yeah nice okay what is your tv show going to be called when you retire from footy oh to be honest, I, I haven't had much thought on that. Um, disgusting. That. Oh, I like that. That's a bit. <laughs> no, You've damn. thought of that before. <laughs> <laughs> Discussions, <laughs> eh? Oh, discussions. Nice. <laughs> no, definitely wouldn't be called that. That's trash. Something, Actually, something quirky. Two more. Can you give us a quick freestyle? I know you're good. Uh, I'm, I'm way better when I've had a few beers. Like okay. I just like my I like my lyrical mind just goes scoop it the pop it super happy the pop it the pop it the cap the pop keep it the chilling in the hot and the top with the pop pop super lap top with the cap chop with the pop hot with hot lap pop lap dinner oh chicken chicken winner winner oh like that feel that though that's good yo that's what rappers do these days give it a gabba the shiba the wub the gabba the goo have it the dip the soup dip it the dip and the nib and drop it the pool put it do put it the soup have it a gabba the shiba the do oh oh wow syllables eh. <laughs> not bad, eh? That's not bad. Maybe, maybe yeah. I could, but it's trash. I, I tried to do one on um, Arties. Did I? You did one on I Arties. Think my, 
I think my Artie one was at, like all right. My one on, on um, Brad and, and and Michael Allardyce's one was was trash. I my mistake was I used Tokyo and it just it's not a good word. Okay, <laughs> Tokyo is not. It's a great word, but not to try and Hard to, get a yeah, freestyle going yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay. Last question. One piece of advice for a young up and coming rugby player. Well, I've got to preach what I've been saying. Eh? One is it's it's not always going to be easy and uh, mm. it takes a lot of hard work and belief. And that belief comes from being yourself and backing yourself. So people might tell you tell you some things that, that you know you not, might not fully believe in. Take take what you can from it. But to get to to a rugby to be a rugby professional, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of resilience. And it's, it's about believing in yourself. So it's not always going to work out your way. But if you've got those three things, it'll take you a long way. Wow, that Boom. is good. Wow. Boom. And you haven't just spoken about that. You've lived that, I can tell. I've, 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 I've seen I'm it living, in journey. I'm living truth. My journey. Peace be the journey is what oh, some people say. What a journey it's been. Jeez, that's been good stuff reflecting on one of mm. the great's journeys. What a career. Mm. What a lad. I obviously love playing with you. My time with you in the NACI was some of my best years of my career. We had good laughs on and off the field. Um, you're an absolute champion bloke. Love what you're doing in the space around being yourself. I, I just wish more people would, would be comfortable to do that. Mm. So much respect for you. So proud of you that you've become an All Black and you're living your dreams. So um, thank you so much for giving up your time and coming on the What A Lad podcast because you are the man. You what a lad, and thank you, bro. I, I really appreciate. It. I love what you're doing, man. I love you bringing up, bringing up the, the boys' characters, and um, honestly, I've had some of like the best laughs. And uh, looking back at the times down in the Naki, one one of my favorite players to have played with, bro, and and uh, shared shared a, a changing room and a few beers with. Absolute, absolute lad. I mean, that's why your podcast is what a lad because you are an absolute <laughs> lad. So thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate you, man. Oh, kind words. Love your work. Hey, I love you, bro. I love you. Hey.